0: one need to show up in order to create a context for people to be the best versions of themselves and do their best work? What are the practical skills and tools that boost one's practice of leadership in order to do that?
1: These are the challenges that we as leadership practitioners approach every day as we observe and coach people in all kinds of roles in all levels of organizations and at organizations of various sizes.
0: In this podcast, we'll share our experiences, the experiences of the people we support, and what we see as working. I'm Jonathan Rosenblatt.
1: And I'm Marlene Jabrowski. Welcome to the Leadership Practitioner Podcast.
0: Hey, Marlene. Hey, JR. So I was thinking, this is our first episode of the podcast. um, And I think it would be great to just go into why we got involved in any of this to begin with, like that's the primary question that keeps coming up every time. It's like, where did all of this come from? Like, where did leadership practitioner come from? Um, What is it and what are we trying to do? So I think we should just tell the story.
1: Okay. I'm glad you got more specific there when you said, how did any of this happen? (laughs) Because my story can go back pretty far.
0: (laughs) Okay. So how about, uh, let's go, let's go as far back as makes sense for leadership practitioner.
1: Okay. That actually does have to take us a fair way back. Um, Leadership practitioner is an approach to leading people, working with people, creating conditions uh, for the people around me to show up as the best versions of themselves. That's come from history of wanting to know how to do that myself. Mm. Right. And I, I started this way back when I, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, can I tell you a bit of a story here? Of course. Okay. So <laughs> my path, my path to get to where I am today is, is long and windy. Um, in the, Oh, I'm not even going to say what decade. Um, I was an academic um, <laughs> studying language and politics and writing Um from there, I moved on to more entrepreneurial things um, from entrepreneurial uh, sliding into professional writing and publishing um, from that into technical writing, technical writing into more technical, technical, where actually I'm working on scrum teams uh, with uh, software developers uh, Technical writing took me kind of down the path and into nanotechnology, uh, finance first time around, um, more technology, uh, material science, physics, <laughs> a little bit of a little bit of nuclear nuclear um, nuclear power plant. Um, oh, oh my goodness, where didn't it take me? Um, and eventually, I ended up sort of on a path from geospatial and AI. Uh, back into finance again, but but I'd say these last 15, maybe 20 years, I've been working mostly in software. And, but what, I mean, what what, what ties these things all together in terms of leadership practitioner uh, connection and and this community is that Throughout all of this, I just kept encountering over and over again different ideas of what it meant to lead people and As I sort of came up through the ranks through all of these organizations, again and again, there would be this tension between different ways of of people 's understanding of what it meant to lead people and how we should show up as leaders and I felt myself really um, torn between being told you must be this way right a lot of people intending to be very helpful and supportive of me you know and inviting me into various positions of leadership asking me to show up in very particular ways and there seem to be some inconsistencies or or yeah the word I think it's a better word is tension you know you know we, we've talked a lot about this jr that tension and I know you've got a lot of stories about that.
0: Oh, I most certainly do. Should I jump in now or do you want to finish your story first? Now go for it. Okay, because, okay, first of all, I'm just going to put out there that my my history is not nearly as um, extensive or or different in different areas as yours, as Marlene. I was just like, I was trying to count on my fingers the number of different things that, um, you know, you listed there and then I ran out of fingers, which is Awesome, um, but for me it was more okay. So let's see: retail, working retail, and then working financial services, and then uh, technology. And in all of those, kind of like working my way from individual contributor to managing teams, and then managing teams of teams, and then in contributor, and then back and forth, and back and forth. And you know what? I in all of that, Merlene, I actually I saw the same thing. I saw the that tension, um, as you said, and and I can even recall a particular um in fact probably at least two instances that i can think of where um similar to what you were saying i was being um as given feedback or you know being suggested that i should show up in a particular way or better yet at least um in my case it wasn't even hey you should show up like this it was more uh, you should stop showing up like this and it was just kind of like okay you know, it, it there was also tension there in terms of, while well, you know, some people have different differing ways of of thinking about how you create a context for people to be, you know, the best versions of themselves, do their best work. It didn't seem to jive with mine. I mean, I was kind of like, huh? Like, what am I supposed to do here? <laughs> right? Like, it just, it, it I did. I also, I felt that tension. I, I think that's a great word for it.
1: Mm. And that, that idea that, things you're not supposed to be Yeah. that really, when you said that, that really struck me because I, I think back to some of the advice um, I feedback. I, I laugh at that word because sometimes this wasn't exactly asked <laughs> for advice. I, it was always useful to hear, right? It was There's always me. useful to hear how I was being perceived, Um, particularly the transition from leaving academic work to moving into the kind of entrepreneurial in the business world. Uh, there was a a push to, I don't know. It felt like I was being told to leave a lot of myself behind. Uh, uh-huh. Right. There, there was this the self that I knew, like in in the academic world, like it, you know, it wasn't sunshine and roses all the time, but there was nevertheless uh, a culture where you could collaborate. So I, I did a lot of my writing. As collaborative as, as collaboration with other people, um, sometimes one, sometimes two, sometimes three other people, and we would literally write pieces together, and and so I was used to working with people very intense, you know, very intensely, very intentionally, and I'm going to say also very passionately because we were writing about what we profoundly cared about was very meaningful to us. And we would show up and we didn't all agree and we would have to work out how we were going to communicate the final product, if you will. Right. And then I hit the business world and I was told repeatedly that it was, you know, the dog eat dog world and the, the competitiveness of it. And that I simply had to leave a lot of that at the door. There was no place for it. And it got to a point where I I actually had a kind of mental joke that I was doing um, my most elaborate performance art piece ever. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and this is when I first started coming to work for, you know, medium sized companies. And and when I was starting to do some more, when I was beginning to do more corporate work. And there was a sense that we simply weren't allowed to show up as the full human beings who we are. And and it was so sad. And yet I thought, well, these folks must know what they're doing because, you know, there they are. They're working there. They've got the titles. Um, they're inviting me to come and sit in in various, you know, <clears throat> leadership groups. And in order to do that, I'm understanding I need to compromise where I'm like, OK, this is this is this form of compromise, this form of uh, it's not really collaboration, but certainly compromise. And, and I, and I, you know, I was, I was flattered that they wanted me to quickly rise up, you know, within the hierarchy of these organizations. Um, but it was disturbing because there was a, a chunk of myself. I I couldn't bring it just, it just felt unthinkable that that could happen.
0: It's so, it's so interesting listening to that story because my, my story is similar but from the reverse um, or from, a, I'll say, the alternate perspective where, um, again, I was working in this large organization and we were all needing to collaborate. Um, but it happened to also be an organization where um, everybody was like a my way or the highway type of thing um, or, you know, kind of like fighting for attention or fighting for, um, the space in the meeting. Um, and that was, you know, that was the way to collaborate. So I inadvertently participated in the exact same way. Um, and you know, at, at times, it was at odds with what my intention was. Like I actually wanted to come in, like you said, and collaborate kind of like how you, you were talking about, um, you know, writing and and working on that piece with your collaborators where there was one or two or three people. Sure. You had differing opinions, but ultimately you were able to get to a place where you produced a product together here. It was the exact same thing. We needed to come up with a product. We needed to collaborate, but for whatever reason, collaboration was a challenge, um, and and I got sucked into that, and I got um, you know I, I started behaving in that way or showing up in that way like everyone else was because hey that is how I you know that was the way in which to get hurt, and it so wasn't working for me um, to the point where again it it ended up doing the exact opposite of what I wanted, and it made me look. Different and show up different than I what I wanted. So you get this feedback being like, okay, well, hey, um, is that really how you want to show up? And I'm like, oh gosh, um, no. Right. But then how do you create that environment where well, you can collaborate in a, you know, in a creatively expansive way, like in a in an amazing get together and create amazing stuff kind of way? I mean, there's an art to it. Um, and I didn't get it. And there were courses and stuff like that out there that I didn't feel good. I like got it either. You know, um, I don't know about for you, Marlene, when you were getting into uh, the corporate world and they made you do all that, like the leadership training. You know, it was all about changing the, the system, changing the organization, changing how like uh, the processes and the tools. And I'm just like, I feel like there's something missing here. It's like, what about the stuff that I need to do myself in order to be able to participate in these things? How was that for you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, it's really resonating for me. I mean, this is, we connected around this when you and I first met and started talking about our stories and it's, it just really hit home when you were talking about the way that you would know a certain way of being and then you would go to work and then there was this pressure to be a different way. Yep. You would be that different way. And then you're literally called up and given feedback that you shouldn't be that different way. Yep. Like it was just. And when you were telling me that story the first time I was like, yes, yes, that's it. Exactly. Because I had this different way that I could be. And I knew how to, I knew how to play nice with other people and I knew how to, I don't know. I, the, the words that come up are kind of generosity, right? Like, like there's a kind of generous collaboration requires a kind of generous approach. And then it's, it's a moving out of that, you know, moving out of the zero sum game thinking. Mm -hmm. Right. And the idea that I give and you, and I don't worry about whether you give or not, I give, you know, I give, I give my energy, I give my attention, I give my focus, I give where I'm coming from I'm not worried about you're going to give back. It's not a tip for tat. Right. And, and when I trust that that can happen and that happens, we get more, you know, we're more than the sum of our parts. And yeah. I was being coached to not be so naive. I was being coached, right. That that was the word they used by coach. <laughs> they meant I was being told. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I think we're
0: going to leave that one for a different uh, yeah, yeah, that's episode. A different,
1: that's a different episode. Um, <laughs> and and the people were well intentioned, and they were being generous with their time and their energy, but it was resulting in this kind of crazy situation. Because then I would come in with a kind of anxiety. Well, maybe I need to be this tough badass. Um, you know, in my old world, I would have said jerk, <laughs> <laughs> and and then in the new world, I'm like, okay, so then. And, and, and so then there were days where I think I showed up kind of to be the toughest, jerkiest jerk, <laughs> you know, like, like there was a kind of overcompensation to make up for this, this the sense in myself that, okay, maybe, maybe I'm quote unquote, not cut out to be this leader. Maybe I can't do this hard nosed corporate or this hard nosed entrepreneurial. And so maybe I have to be this tough, you know, this tough cookie. And, and so then there were moments that I would hear these words come out of my mouth with other people. And I'd go home and I mean, Jr like, I felt ashamed. Uh. I felt sick. Like, don't get me wrong, like, it wasn't like compared to some of the stuff I was around, it was not that. But it doesn't matter because it really was both out of alignment, out of alignment with what and how I thought humans could show up into a collective space and create something really beautiful together.
0: It's just, it's so funny listening to. It's so funny listening to your story, not because the story is funny, but because I'm I'm thinking about how that translated into my world, and and actually how you and I found our shared sort of middle ground, because where you were thinking is like, oh, I got to be tougher, right? I was coming in at the like the too tough, and had to find a way to authentically match and this is this is i think the part where it was the the most difficult part for me where in my head i was thinking i was a lot softer a lot more um you know intentional a lot more all of these things you know insert whatever here in order to create these environments that that's what i was thinking in my head but the way that it was either coming out or the way that it was perceived was very much so not that and it was like too tough and it was too all of these things and so I was being coached you know air quotes um coached to soften up a bit and I'm like okay hold on a second what does that like what does that even mean because in this case soften up means everyone's going to trample all over you um and and you know like you were saying I would sometimes end my days and I'm like, wow, like, first of all, it kind of really sucks that the, you know, the the implementation or the whatever was coming out was different than what I what my intention was. So that was number one. And I had to figure out a way in which to get those aligned. Um, and then number two is like, wow, like. I'm 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 given a list of all the things not to do. And I'm like, now What? right? Like I needed something here. What, what is the list to do? (laughs) Right. And I would go home every day and, and, and and literally be upset about it being like, I, this is not the kind of person I want to show up as I need to find a way in which I, I can do that. And I can do it deliberately. And I can do it consistently um, and I can do it in such a way that it does, in fact, align with my my overall intention of creating a context for people to be the best versions of themselves and do their best work. But I was like I I was left alone to do it by myself.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I remember that alone feeling and feeling I mean, I. I had, my story has this really fun twist where I go out into the world and I I get some of that leadership training that you're talking about. And definitely, um, I was sent away for courses that, that, that are, that are aligned with that. And then I lucked out and stumbled on a group of people who are coming from the agile software development space. And I went to, uh, what was, uh, basically a a camp for coaches.
0: Mm.
1: And so now this is this is like I'm going to say real coaching, not not coaching people <laughs> what to do, but right. but coaching that's about creating the context for, you know, people, people to to really show up in the ways that they need to. And and I went I went to this and I was blown away because I thought aha. Okay, here are people who are recognized within their entrepreneurial, their business, their corporate contexts as being completely legitimate leaders who are coming from this radically different point of view that actually aligns with what i've been trying to weed out of my own psyche crying as i pluck every single blade of grass you know (laughs) from from this you know and i'm like haha i don't have to do that but but now you know a number of of Oh, you know, the, a lot of time has passed (laughs) and, and, and I'm watching these new folks, you know, these folks new to me do this. And, and then it's like, it's like I'm caught kind of coming and going Jr. Because I, I felt like when I would show up and be that kind of tough leader that I thought I was being asked to do, that didn't always work out right because and then i would i would be this person i would see myself and think ah i don't uh, who is this person right yuck and then now i have this external reference these external models for how i might do this and i got really excited right but when i bring that back to where i'm working to the various organizations that i'm working with I bring it back with a kind of, um, I'm, I'm going to say a kind of zealotry. <laughs> because I'm like, hey, you know, I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. You know, I, this, this, there's a way of being in the world that really does put other people first. There's a way of being in the world that is completely aligned with supporting companies' success, right? And yet is about people. And I was very excited about that. And I would bring these techniques about how to work with other people back to the organizations that I was supporting. And I would just crash and burn.
0: Oh, do you know?
1: Because because I'd be like, oh no, 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 this makes sense. Just, just do this, right? Just just do this. And I would sort of gesture toward. This thing, these these ways of being, but but what I didn't have, and this is this is where when you and I again we were talking, and I was like, yeah, the sparks were just going off for me, like in this this positive way, of that that it wasn't clear how to do, wasn't clear how to be Uh in this way that was resonating for me, but I thought, how can I do this fast enough that I can. Be this way in these organizations that find that almost unintelligible. And how can I be that way, kind of isolated and alone in these organizations that don't see it that way? And it was just, it got, it got really, you know, even my language, you can hear it, it's like that way, this way. And I'm I'm waving my arms in front of my face right now, <laughs> sort of trying to create the sense of like, what was this thing? How is like what, what were these people doing? that they could be in in inhospitable environments that were inhospitable to people who wanted to collaborate and believe that collaboration was a way forward. Collaboration was a way of solving complex problems, right? What were these people doing that they could do that and not end up brawling with their bosses? (laughs) You know, the same bosses who had been telling me to, you know, um, be tough and tell people what to do. And yet not, right. It was just, it was so confusing. And yet I felt like, I felt like I was so close to how and how I wanted to be. And yet I felt like I was a million miles far. Yeah. And it was just untangling all of that, you know? So then that's what I spent the next, I'm going to say I spent the next decade doing, I spent the next decade untangling that and figuring out how to do that. and. I think I mean somewhere in the middle of that, that's where we met, right?
0: So we met where is um, I was kind of doing the same thing, right? Where you know I so I had that thing where it's like okay, fine. That epiphany is like, whoa, hold on a second. I don't I I don't want to be this way, um, and the realization that I didn't have the thing, like you're saying, I didn't have the thing that I could follow. And I'm a super structured person. Like I love structure. Um, And I'm like, I I need, I need the thing, right. The thing that would give me the structure. I needed the, you know, the steps, what is the like 10 step process to becoming a better person? Um, Which of course didn't exist at the time. And I became obsessed with observing um researching whatever it took asking people um i didn't have a, a i didn't know about coaching at the time interestingly enough um you know and and or that kind of community so i you know i spent the time, uh, researching or working with, um, psycho psychotherapists, consultants, um, listening to podcasts, researching online, um, you know, cognitive behavioral therapies, uh, anything and everything that I could possibly get my hands on. Um, And then I would observe, I would observe leaders that, um, you know, I saw were really creating that same kind of environment that I was looking for or that I was looking to do. And then I would observe leaders who didn't, (laughs) you know, and, and I would compare and contrast to see, okay, well, what's different here that it, that, and that's working well, For this leader, that's not working well for that leader. Um, And then I would experiment. I would experiment within myself um, to see what that was. And eventually, you know, here we are. And then, so I'm doing this for a while. And then Marlene shows up in my life, (laughs) which was such... An amazing experience because um, I even remember, you know, we're sitting, I don't know if you remember this, but we're sitting in, um, it was like the lunchroom, if you will. I think Marlene had just joined the team, I don't know, maybe a month or so. Um, And I was sharing, you know, some version of this story. And all of a sudden she's like, whoa, I was looking for the thing too. (laughs) You remember that?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Right, and then ever since then, it was the conversation about because I also like even even in all of that the, that research phase and stuff like that. Like I knew I was onto something, and I knew I I knew I found some things that worked, but I hadn't yet put it all together. You know, and, and and certainly not in a way that I could repeat cons- consistently, and certainly not in a way that um, I could basically say, "Hey, like here's the thing, right?" And I even remember trying to explain it uh, to you, Marlene. I was I'm trying to explain to you how you know all these different findings and stuff like that. I was so excited, and you're like, "Oh yeah, that's the same for me." And like back and forth, but and then I remember us leaving away from that conversation. I'm like, I think that's the thing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it. I mean, finding language to talk about collaboration, to talk about, to talk about how we do our own inner work, right? That's that's the language we started using. Was the, yeah. that the inner work before the outer work, right? And and like these really basic skills. What does it mean to listen? <laughs> what does it mean? And not just, what does it mean? Right. Cause this isn't, this isn't just philosophy, right. That was, no, that was my baggage, practical. right. Cause my baggage was that I had these skills. I had these skills around listening, a like deep, deep listening and, and to be a writer is to be a listener. Mm-hmm. Right. Writers, writers take in, like we're sponges. We take in the world and we, we, we listen for the nuances and we we hear this you know we we see we when we write we want to write about the seen and the unseen when we when we write we want to write about what's heard but also what's not heard the silences like and and so when i encountered sort of what loosely could be called like coaching frameworks the lights were going on for me because these were the same skills yeah and, and the psychology work that I did as part of my academic work, um, again, that was something that I thought, oh, I know this, <laughs> like, I know this, and this makes, it's not just know this, like I don't mean know this in that kind of pointing at my head right now, right, I don't just mean know this in the sense of cognitively, but I'm sort of touching my chest, like I know this in the sense of in my bones, that and 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 we all know this we most of us know how to connect with other people but we've lived in environments that have told us that that's precisely what we're not allowed to do mm.
0: or to focus on the transactionality of it rather than that true connection that you're talking mm-hmm. about yeah
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and so i mean one of the things that i realized could now be useful for me working with other people is that I also now know in my bones how we can forget this hmm. and and I also know in my bones how to remember again <laughs> right
0: well and that, but that was the important part of coming up with a like a I love how you always call it like a lightweight, you know, set of practices that it it, it makes it easy to remember. And it's like that kind of go to all the time to be like, you know, it's not complex theories. It's not like, it's actually basic stuff. The leadership practitioner framework is basic stuff to talk about and to understand, to do is all about practice. Right. So yeah. Yeah. I mean. When,
1: when, in that first conversation of ours, I don't think, I don't think I shared with you the language right then, but maybe maybe a few conversations later, I'd I begun to think about it as my backpack. Yeah, <laughs> it, this strategy of having enough lightweight tools, and, and you know they don't have to be because earlier I was telling you about sort of going off and meeting these co- you know these are people who had been coaching for twenty maybe in some cases thirty years and in, in the software space and they would have these they're, 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 they're these treasure chests of, of tools and perspectives and approaches. And I was like, well, that will take me 30 years to learn. <laughs> and I don't have 30 years. <laughs> but by the time you and I met, I had what I called kind of my pared down backpack. And it was just this, just enough to know that I could go into any situation and know that I could do the things I needed to do to really signal to the people that who are there that we can collaborate. We can create something together. And that that is something that we can do um, right here and right now. And I'm not, I'm not coming in and um, earlier, I was talking about sort of the the, the zealotry, you know, almost the almost the kind of uh, preaching, you know, like, it, no, this isn't about changing entire organizations. This is just the tools in the backpack or the tools that I need for myself to be who I am. Exactly. So I can show up with confidence in those moments, in environments where people may or may not get where I'm coming from but I've got the confidence to simply be a particular way. And in being a particular way, I'm creating an invitation for the people around me to join me in that without needing to do a lot of telling. It's just mm-hmm. all done through showing. And, and I kind of, in my mind had this bundled together in this kind of mental concept that I called my backpack, but it, but it, it really felt like kind of a, a confidence boosting thing. I could literally bring it with me. Um, it was a, a kind of a mental checklist, if you will, of am I doing this and this and this and this? Yes. Okay. And what's the information coming back to me? Okay. What do I do with that? And then how do I hold that in myself? Yeah. And then in yeah. so doing just having the confidence to open my mouth and speak, without needing to tell people what I was doing, I could use the way I would use my language would show them what I was doing.
0: And I love that you, I love that you focused on yourself. See where my challenge was, was all of this training and stuff that um, I was, I was either being uh, sent to or was going to or whatever. Everything was all about changing everything on the outside, right? Changing, it, it, changing, like I said, the system, the process, the, the tools, the, that, Everything other than yourself. Um, and it kind of felt like something was missing, right? So that's where in the in the research that I was talking about earlier and the observations is I was I was specifically looking at what is it within yourself that you got to do? Um, and, you know, it's funny you talk about your, your backpack. Um, I always thought about it as a binder, right? Same concept, right? But a binder, you know, and, and in the binder, I had the dividers. And the dividers are like... At the time, I was thinking it's like groups of things or groups of um, observations and groups of of tools that I could use to do something, you know, like some, some tools around mindset, some tools around listening, some tools around. And it was just like those those were my my dividers. And then as I would stumble upon something, I would write it up and stick it in to the binder. Um, and then like you said about your backpack, it, it ultimately became the thing that I felt like I could, you know, I could walk around with and, you know, as I encounter situations, I could be like, Oh, you know, open up the binder and find the right tab and be like, okay, that, you know, I feel like this has something to do with, um, responding rather than reacting. So I'm going to go over to that divider, open that up and Hey, what are the tools that I need in order to do that? Um, but I, it did not occur to me until i don't think i've actually ever shared this with you it didn't occur to me at the time that even though i had a binder even though i had you know the the dividers not the intention was never like i just needed a binder or a place to put something it it only occurred to me afterwards that that was the thing, (laughs) right? Like I didn't set out to go and create a binder of the thing. I just needed something to store all of these things that I was finding. Um, It was only later when I was kind of doing it over and over and over again. I'm like, huh? Like it's the same thing over and over. And even then it didn't occur to me that (laughs) that was the thing. I'm just like, oh, like that's convenient, (laughs) right it was only when you and i started talking about it where i'm like and and i was explaining to you about um my binder and i'm just like whoa that's the thing
1: i i think for me the backpack well, i just the contrast between your your delicious need for structure i mean i am not i am not <laughs> driven by structure <laughs> i am not and yet because of that I need a kind of containment. So for me, the backpack metaphor was that if I need something quickly, I cannot have brought too many things with me because I'm going to literally have to dump them out on the front of in front of myself on the table, rummage through and I need to be able to find the thing I need quickly. Right. So I can't bring, you know, a steamer trunk. I can't <laughs> bring a giant duffel bag, right? I have to bring a fairly small backpack. Like, by, I don't, maybe maybe when I say backpack, I don't even mean the, the off to the Himalayas for, you know, nine months backpack. I mean, the day pack. I mean the day pack that you see people carrying around uh, on the subway, you know, (laughs) and I need to be able to dump it out in front of me on the table and find the thing quickly, or even dump it out of my lap, right, and very quietly find the thing so that I can use it in the moment. Right. Right. And, and I can't be like, just a moment here, turning away from the conversation. What was, <laughs> what was this tool I was looking for? What was this approach? You know, like I, that distraction of the too much and by honing it down to just this small amount, it, it, I mean, it did produce a kind of structure because now there was sort of one of everything, one of, one of the, the most needed things. Mm. Um, and it, it was contained, and it allowed that succinctness that that let's just say doesn't come to be naturally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Marlene, we've been we've been talking for a while now about like so the background, the story, the inspirations behind leadership practitioner. Um, what about the community? Right, like it it, it ended up into um, you know this thing that we ended up calling the leadership practitioner connection. Um, I know for me, the reasons for, or so the aspirations that I had by going down that path and kind of like starting to share all this stuff was that um,
1: Wait, th- this was, yeah. Yeah. Before you go there, yeah um, make the connection between the binder, the backpack and the community. Cause I don't think we've done that for our listeners yet.
0: Mm, okay. Um, so the, the connection there is really, well, okay. So there it is, right. <laughs> Just putting that all together and putting it in a container—that um, is the—that is the connection. Is there—is there a different way of putting that?
1: Well, I mean, I think I think it starts off with the connection between you and me, and the connection of of the tool sets that you're bringing and thinking about, and the tool sets that I'm bringing and thinking about, and these these tool sets that we've used. To develop our own leadership selves and, we, and the resonance between them, and the realization that the, the, there's incredible commonality between what was in your binder and what was in my backpack. You know, in some cases, you might have picked flavor, you know, you might have gone with, with chocolate, and I might have gone with, uh, you know, uh, spamoni, but
0: I definitely <laughs> would have gone with chocolate. Creams, right? <laughs> definitely chocolate for me
1: yeah i don't know. i don't know where I picked spamonii from but but the um maybe just the colorfulness right the, the kind of the 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 the, the, un, the unstructuredness of it <laughs> <laughs> but that it it did it hit the same spot it hit the same spot, it did the same thing for ourselves yeah and we would show up in these conversations, in these opportunities with other people, to make the connections to make beautiful things with other people. And that these were the tools that we had hit upon really worked for us and that and that we had these, in each in our own way, these really compact sets. And the connection between you and I, I mean, I think that was the first connection. And, and then me talking about how I'd always believed that it was entirely possible to collaborate and do good things in, in this world of business and uh, making things, you know, all the pressure that comes with that, that, that these things belong there. And not just, not just kind of grudgingly belong there, but they're actually front and center to solving the problems of complexity, right. Or maybe put it. I put that the wrong way around the complex problems that we in this world have to solve today and individual companies have to solve and individual people in those companies have to solve this complexity. We can't go it alone. It's true. We need other people with the ideas because when you're solving a complex problem, no one person could possibly have all the answers. And when you're solving complex problems and multiple you need multiple people with the answers, multiple people have to come together and not just cooperate, but actually collaborate Uh in order to create the solutions that are needed to solve these complex problems. And I knew in my gut that this was something that I had learned how to do and could do, and I was showing other people how to do this at this point. And and you and I were just like, wow, we we had this similar path of that personal struggle that we had to come through in order to find that confident stance in our work and that we could actually talk about this thing of how we got here. We could identify it. And I don't know, for me, that was the spark was that we could share this with other people.
0: Yeah, I think that the... Building on that, the, the you know, we went at it and then conversation, 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 collaborating on just even our stories and our tools. I think what then took it to that next level was when we started bringing all of those ideas together and co-creating what ended up being Leadership Practitioner. For me, that's when it really kind of hit home for me. It's like, OK, so the way that we have it right now is our two ideas. How amazing would it be if it was now our two ideas plus X many other people's ideas all coming together, both in terms of an implementing, um, you know, implementing what we had come up with, but then also extending it further than that. So, yeah, you're absolutely right that all of that piece that you just walked us through. Thank you for that, (laughs) Marlene. It was super important to understand that, you know, from a from our aspiration of, You know, creating that environment where we can talk about these things, where we can invite, you know, anyone and everyone who aspires to do the same thing um, to to co-create with us and to share and to inspire um, in a way that together we could create that environment that, that hopefully we're all looking for. Right. And that environment where. People can show up as the best versions of themselves. The assumption being that if you show up as the best version of yourself, you can do amazing work. I know in, in our case, between Marlene and I, the we even had to use these tools with ourselves while we were putting all of this stuff together um, to create that environment for ourselves. And then we're like, oh, Hey, we're we're actually using what we're talking about here to build what we're talking about, um, and so it came from that that love of, um, you know, the the banter back and forth, the idea throwing back and forth, the brainstorming together. We're just like, wow, you know what? We not only need to share this, but we, you know, how do we invite people to? join us and, and, and build more of this and bring more of this out into the world. And I think that's where the, the leadership practitioner connection came from. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Anything to add on that one? (laughs) (laughs) Did I miss anything?
1: That's the story.
0: (laughs) So I think I think ultimately, you know, even even with the leadership practitioner connection, which is the community, um, you know, this podcast here, which is, again, just our way of uh, another way of sharing, um, you know, the things that we're observing, the things that we're seeing work, the things that, you know, the approaches to different challenges and stuff like that. um, I think that's the invitation, right? Like, come come and share.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Share. And,
1: And come share your own your own story come share your own story and you know we're calling it binders and backpacks like what what have you come up with Mm. and where where are the things that you're longing to do in your own leadership growth where you're not sure and you know can you come learn from the people who are pooling their ideas? Wow yeah
0: nice Nice, so all of that happens in the leadership practitioner connection. that's where um you know we'll hear those stories, and hey, hopefully we'll be able to to use that opportunity and uh or this opportunity here of this podcast to share some of those stories, share some of the learnings um and see what happens you know in everyone's journey of uh of practicing leadership i
1: yes, and hopefully hopefully we'll uh we'll see see and hear some of our listeners around in the Leadership Practitioner Connection.
0: Cool. Until then, until the next time, Marlene, always a pleasure uh, to have these conversations. I cannot believe how quickly the time has gone by. Um, We'll see you all
1: soon. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Practitioner Podcast.
0: We invite you to share your thoughts on this episode and your thoughts on how you practice leadership.
1: Join us in the Leadership Practitioner Connection, our community of like-minded practitioners who aspire to create a context for people to be the best versions of themselves and do their best work.
0: You can find it at leadershippractitioner.org slash connection.